Hello, beloved. You are listening to Media of the Madams. This is Amory Sky. Got a lot in your mind and we can talk about it. Got a lot going on and we can talk about it. If you're looking for grooves, we want to talk about it. If you're looking for food, we want to talk about it. Got good news, I want to talk about it. Hey, hey. And I'm going to give you the light and you can shine on me. I'm going to give you the light and you can shine on me. Welcome, beloved, to another episode of Meeting the Madams. So today we'll be talking to Dr. Natasha Ward. I will let her introduce herself. We are going to be talking about self-care, but also how to heal generational traumas as black women and black people and how to prepare ourselves for future generations and for our future selves as we continue to expand and grow um, from something that we may not have grown up with and known about fully. I hope you all enjoy. Well, I am, I'm Natasha. Uh, in the professional world, I'm known, known as Dr. Natasha Ward. I am from Noonan, Georgia, currently serve as an education consultant. Um, so I'm a curriculum designer, curriculum writer, instructional coach, uh, and I'm a holistic life strategist on the other side with my business called Natasha Inspires. And I'm happy to be here today, Amanda. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks, Dr. Ward. Black women are the most educated minority at this point. Um, but they have probably the most traumatic past. What can they do to overcome that and deal with everyday stressors in life? This means they have higher roles in their jobs and they still have to be well-balanced in everything. I can't speak for every Black woman, but what I will do is speak for myself and then for the friends that I have um, around me who are Black women as well. And just throughout our healing, our former wounds, um, and just going through this journey of healing and wellness and wholeness, there are plenty of things that you can do. It just depends on what resonates with you. For an example, like for us in our circle, a lot of us are in, are going to therapy. And therapy looks different. So, so some of us are going to, you know, counseling as far as marital. Some of us are going to individual therapy. Some of us are going to sex therapy. Some of us is using like, you know, pole as a sense of therapy or they're journaling in a sense of therapy, um, exercising, et cetera. So it, it starts from what resonates with us. And for me, what resonates with me, and that tends to be my routines that I set from the morning in the evening. So my morning routine will look a little something like uh, stretching, prayer, devotionals, um, and a, a nice worship walk. I call it a worship walk, but it's pretty much doing two to three miles every morning and I'm listening to worship music or um, some biblical chapter. And then I get started with my day. And then at night it's back to gratitude thinking about what am I calling in from the universe? What am I releasing to the universe and what I'm thankful for? So it just depends on like what resonates with you, but that's how I stay grounded and I stay balanced. And even throughout the day, it's all about laughter for me. So yes, professionally and psychologically, therapy um, definitely helps heal those traumatic experiences. But even like our daily rituals, um, the small things make huge impacts so it just depends on what resonates with you and for me it's pole 
For me, it's my spiritual life. For me, it's my friends and family and good food. Like I just had this, this vegan uh lasagna skillet lasagna and it was bomb so it just depends and also water that always keeps you balanced because if your body's hydrated then it will work like a nice well-oiled machine that answer to my next question was um were the goals of daily self-care so since you answered that kind of already what should be the top of your list about practicing self-care like, how should you prioritize it? Ooh, my first thing that came to my mind is asking yourself, what do you need? So when I work with clients, um, so I work with clients, especially corporate clients and um, educators on um, the, 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 uh, the space of oneness, of their spiritual, their mental, their physical, their emotional, and get into a space where what they're saying is what they're doing and it's their reality. And so I asked them five or six questions. And I think this is what ties into what, what self-care will look like for you. I literally asked them, what do you want? What do you need? What do you want more of in life? What do you want less of in life? What would you subtract from your life? What would you add to your life? And those six questions, and I say, go with your first response. It doesn't matter if it's sex. It doesn't matter if I hate my marriage. Whatever the case may be, that's our starting point. And then once you look at your aunt, you'll know right then where you should where you should start for self-care. And if it's happiness that you desire, then you may want to start with gratitude journaling or finding something about you that you are happy about, that you're proud of. And if it's I hate my marriage, then that means your next first step may need to be find, talk to your spouse and see if y'all can get to some counseling. So it just depends on just depends on your answers and what resonates with you. I totally agree. How important is mindfulness to your overall wellness? I know that for me, I'll just say I practice mindfulness more so in the middle of the day or coming down from the day. Um, I know some people, that's the first thing they do. They do it even practicing like in the shower and stuff. But how important is it to maintaining our overall wellness balance? So mindfulness is everything. Um, it kind of lo- goes along the lines of, I also, also say gratitude is everything and deep breathing is everything. So all three of those things are everything. Um, as a practitioner of mindfulness, I've been doing this for at least 20 years, mindfulness and meditation together, actually. I wanted to make sure that we understand that mindfulness is not this space of, I need to clear my head. I'm not going to think no thoughts. Nothing's going to come through. I'm just in this state of, like this state of ultimate zen, ultimate peace. And while that can happen, it's literally, it's just being in the present moment. So instead of you thinking about the future in two hours, what you're going to do in two hours ago, what did you tell somebody else? Instead, you're literally like at this moment in time, this is what I'm going to do. So that's what true mindfulness is, is staying in the present moment. But when you mentioned the shower, uh, Amanda, I, I'm thinking that you're thinking about like visualizations and affirmations and meditation and that route. And if you are, then let me know. And then we can dive there. But literally mindfulness is just super important for you to stay in the present moment. So you can be super productive. You can take care of whatever you take care of at that moment in time where there's kids, you, your spouse, anyone you volunteer with, um, 
so that's the important piece is that you're just being here, present, focused, aligned. And that's how you operate from your true self. Usually when I talk about mindfulness, I'm talking about more so meditation. And I do try to get the ultimate peace from it because it brings me back centered. That's what I'm trying to be centered. Um, just because in two, well, you already know, but in two of the places that I work, that I do work for, I deal with crazy individuals. So I'm just trying to come back centered um, so I can stay a professional. That's all. Um, But I know that everybody's mindfulness is different, but also because I have a habit of overthinking is where I think the true mindfulness exercises come to bring me back down because I can be three years in the past so I do want to make sure that people know that mindfulness and meditation are different. Um, so as long as, as as the part as those who are listening in have an understanding of that, 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 that works perfectly. Um, meditation is a practice of people do it all kinds of ways. People do a clicking, people do a showering, people do a walking, etc. cetera. Uh, but it's a space of, as you said, centering and grounding oneself. It's not a space of, no thoughts ever. People do get there, but I've been doing this for like 25 years. And there are times where I'm in complete Zen and there are times where thoughts are just completely flowing. And then you just have to know, focus on your breath. But mindfulness is just a present moment. So they're different, but they do can go hand in hand. We're not gonna discuss our ages, but clearly if you're gonna say that you've been practicing for 25 years, you've been doing this since elementary school, Dr. Ward, is that what you're saying? I, yeah, literally, I grew up. So this is really interesting. Um, so I'm not going to go in complete detail with you, but there's a podcast that I actually did last year called uh, Dropping Jewels. And I went into the whole detail piece of it. So I would just do like the, 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 the basis here. I actually grew up in a church where um, they value my meditation, prayer, and they intertwine that. And with, with the b- biblical and the mysticism part. And so I literally started meditating at three years old. And from there, I haven't stopped since then. And so there, of course, with throughout years, you're like, this ain't working, you know, as an elementary and middle school, so you stop. And then you come back. So that's why I didn't necessarily say, all my life, I've been doing this. But I will literally say, you know, at least 25 years, I've literally um, been on this road of meditation and mindfulness and just have seen the progress just in the world when it comes to it, like at one point growing up to say meditation, they, call, they tell you, you know, you're going to hell in the Christian community. Now you say meditation or mindfulness and they're like, hmm, does that mean you're saved or is it okay? So now it's not like straight con- condemnation now, so which, which it means that we are steadily growing and evolving. So it's just, it's really nice to see the evolution of these practices that are so essential to our well-being. I agree. Things have definitely changed um, since the 90s. And <laughs> the things that we, <laughs> listen, just I think the practices that we learned growing up. Um, and this is like totally, well, it's intersex kind of when you think about, um, we talked about this in our personal conversations, just I think that how our parents coped and how they pass it on. And then you have to decide, is my parent 
did something happen? Did my grandma do something to them? Did my grandpa do something to them that they have never discussed before? And then I just give myself, well, I think I've asked that question and I've gotten this look like, are you serious? Nothing's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with me. And I was like, I think from like the teenager age, I tried to play therapist. And then as you get older, you have more experiences and then you understand the true meaning of being healed. And I think that for black folks, sometimes the church is the answer. The church can be the answer if you work towards it and you use your spirituality to work towards your healing. But if it's just a quote unquote coping mechanism and that you're just going to church and you're just to say that I go to church and God is my source. And if you're not working towards and asking God for discernment towards you being totally healed, it's the issue. I'm hearing from you like if, if it's lip service and your motives are not there, then it's completely different if you are a doer or a follower of Christ and actually doing the work. Uh, that reminds me of the book of James, but yeah, I, I definitely can understand that. I'm glad we've intersected religion tonight and <laughs> uh, healing and self-care. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Dr. Ward and we talked about self-care and I hope that you continue to grow and heal as you have probably done during the pandemic and that you will allow yourself grace towards yourself, towards your family, trauma, towards your future and understand that you forgive yourself for the things that you have done towards yourself, towards your family and friends so you can move on with grace and peace into your next chapter. And so I'm going to end with some words of affirmation from something that I've been using, which is After the Rain by Alex L. Which states, to everyone learning how to dance in the rain, your storms do not define you. Trust your pilgrimage and uncover your joy. You are worthy. One love, Emery Sky. Mm-hmm.